Coming up, UFC lightweight Dan Hooker proves that he is amongst the elites of the 155 pound division. What has got Travis Banks in trouble with WWE? And did Mike Perry prove that you don't need MMA coaches anymore? The Fight Club podcast starts now. And now, from the News Hub studios in Auckland, it's time for the Fight Club podcast. G'day Fight fans, welcome to the Fight Club Podcast. I'm your host Brad Lewis, Stephen Foote along with me very shortly. Um, as mentioned at the top guys, we will cover in depth uh, Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier who went to war on Sunday and produced one of the greatest lightweight fights in UFC history. We seem to be saying that a lot lately, don't we? Um, this whole COVID-19 thing has certainly brought out the best in these fighters um, and we will delve into that in detail in a very short moment in time. Um, but first of all, remember you can like and subscribe the podcast at iTunes or any of your favorite podcasts apps um, and you can also check us out um, at the News Hub web- website that's uh, www.newshub.co.nz forward slash podcasts and just click on the Fight Club link and you can have a listen to all of our archive episodes if you'd like to get in contact with me um, I am at Twitter at Brad Lewis NZ that's at Brad Lewis NZ if you've got anything you'd like to plug um, uh, or you just want to you know say hello <laughs> jump into my DMs talk and, smack about your opinions that's right that's right if yeah. you disagree with anything I have to say which is I have to say is a lot of people um, <laughs> Um, given my fight predictions, um, then then feel free to slide into those DMs and and uh, hassle me. Footy, as mentioned, um, man, uh, that was one hell of a fight. A great performance from two guys. I didn't see the fight going that way in terms of, of how it shaped up. I didn't think it would be a slugfest. I thought that if Poya could get to Dan, Dan would be in trouble. But his chin is made of something that is almost inhuman. The punishment that Dan took in that fight and that he was able to dish out, those two guys, um, you know, we're, we're talking a fight that's that's comparable to Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner here as mm-hmm. one of the best, because a friend of mine was like, oh, the Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje fight was better, but it wasn't competitive. This no, fight no. was competitive to the point where going into the last round, if Dan had won the fifth <clears throat> round, he would have won the fight. Two of the judges had it 2-2 going into the final round. So, yeah, look, um, just an unbelievable fight. Gripping watching. I know you were doing updates for News Hub. Um, what did you make of, of what you were watching? Oh, man, much of just what you described, man. It was it was hard to behold. It was hard to keep up with when I was doing the live updates. That's for sure. There's so much action going on. But, I mean, incredible. Uh, couple of oh, a little number for you 390 total strikes combined nice. so that's a new record for lightweight that eclipses Poirier against Holloway also considered a classic fight but I mean unbelievable this is it's pretty much you, you expected some fireworks given the, the history of these two guys so entertaining both massive reputations as, as entertaining fighters uh, and they brought it all to the floor I mean Dan Hooker just an absolute warlord um, and just going back to our discussions with him last week it was interesting how he mentioned one of Dan uh, Dustin's what he perceived to be one of Dustin's main strengths is his ability to go five rounds, like how experienced he was in going yeah. five rounds. And that's almost what the fight came down to, wasn't it? Because Dan did come out of the gates very strong, looked fantastic in those first three rounds, easily had the upper hand. Third round, you, you, you could see it both ways, but you know, at the end there, he almost stopped Dustin. He almost the end of the emptied second the ga- gas yeah. tank completely there. He managed to sort of salvage the third round a bit with, with his takedowns and, and his grappling on the map. But um, in the end, it almost came down to that superior conditioning. And Mike Brown, who's Dustin Poirier's coach, uh, has been speaking since the fight, saying they knew that Dan would come out really hard and that he did have a tendency to fade in those last few rounds. And Dustin did, to his credit, made, 
maintained his composure and showed that experience in five round fights to really come back and take advantage of, of, of a Dan who was clearly waning and he does get to that stage, Dan, sometimes, you know, especially late in the fight where his defense just becomes non-existent. Disappears. Essentially. And, he, and his toughness is what gets him through fights. A- absolutely. It and happened in the Felder fight, too. Yeah. Like, we were sitting cage side for that fight, and the general feeling was that Felder was coming over the top of Dan in the last round and a half of that fight. And I, I agree with you. Um, the frustrating thing for me as a fan of Dan and, and, and as a fellow Kiwi is the second round goes another 10 seconds. <laughs> Poirier's done because at the end of that round he went down on on you know hands on knees he was done and Dan landed a vicious knee to the head and then followed up with another one and a couple of and that awesome right left combination that he threw which was six or seven rights and lefts Poirier was done and he self-admitted that at the end of the fight when he spoke to John Anik and he said look he said I was rocked in the second I, I saw stars and then the next thing I know Herb Dean's waving, waving his arms and I thought for a second the fight was over but he was telling me to go back to my corner I was like sweet it's the end of the round he said I sat down I recovered and I knew I had three rounds to get back into the mm-hmm. fight um, as, which is what he did and he looked fantastic for the final three rounds you're right his conditioning and that's championship level conditioning um, but yeah uh, just a phenomenal fight massive respect for, for, for Dan's toughness and Poirier looked like a world champion in that fight exactly and you know as, as many people have said as we said since the fight there, there really are no losers essentially mm. from this fight I mean Dan you know he took the loss but he really proved he's elite that he, that he is on that upper tier he does belong in that in that conversation with the rest of those top five guys which a lot of people took exception with him actually getting this fight thinking you know oh well you know he lost to Felder really he kind of scraped through he doesn't deserve to be there but man I mean he shut people up quickly in that first few rounds and you see the likes of Gaethje and such coming out actually mentioning he belongs at the table who was you know saying Dustin's going to murk him beforehand but man I mean Dan he's just incredible and we should be super proud of him as a nation but you know the defense has to become a concern because, you know, how much longer is he going to be able to sustain that sort of damage late in rounds? Because, you know, Poirier is one of the hardest hitters, one of the best boxers and one of the hardest hitters in that division. And some of the shots he was eating, like, just incredible. And it's, and it's so much more pronounced, isn't it, with the no crowd and, but I and also that sort think, of thing. I also think that Poirier's chin was ridiculous because there were some Agreed. shots that Dan Absolutely. nailed that I don't think a lot of guys outside of maybe Gaethje would have survived like um just the conditioning thing wasn't it absolutely and and you know it's kind of a weird weird crux now the lightweight division because it was crystal clear if dan won that fight what his journey was it was to fight the winner of khabib and gaethje um now the lightweight division is is like okay we have khabib gaethje if gaethje wins the title then the logical matchup is poirier and gaethje if khabib wins does poirier fight tony ferguson you know like because that's a new matchup that we haven't seen before and then now who does dan fight does he rematch paul fowler does he fight a guy like charles Oliveira who's on like a six or seven fight win streak who's ranked number seven in the world kevin Lee is ranked just below Paul Fowler, I think, at, at, at number eight. So it's really interesting now that, you know, Khabib's obviously that dominant force and we all look forward to that fight, but Dan's win would have actually simplified things a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, Dustin will have his fingers crossed that Gaethje gets past um, Khabib, right? Because, you know, and um, so will I as a fan, to be honest, because I want to see that fight again because that was an absolute blockbuster. The last time Gaethje lost, in fact, um, yeah. and that was, was to Poirier about six fights I ago. I truly I believe that Gaethje's the only 155er that has the tools 
to beat Khabib Nurmagomedov. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Because he has wrestling that we've never seen before, but it's really good. It's high level. It's NCAA. It's American top of the food chain wrestling. And he has heart, cardio, leg kicks, heavy hands, a heavy head. And he'll bring a pace that Khabib's probably not used to. But, I mean, that's for another day for us to talk about that. But, yeah, I think it's a great matchup for Dustin because in terms of sitting back and watching because there is a high chance, I think, that Gaethje gets the job done. And, and like you said, Poirier versus Gaethje too is is something that makes the mouth water but <laughs> as you said man like we've spoken to Dan on so many occasions we know what a genuine person he is what a good bloke that he is and, and how much he wants this and it was kind of hard seeing him go through that punishment but knowing that he was also literally like one or two punches away from being the number one contender to the lightweight title yeah. that's how close he is and and he's and you know talking to a couple of news hubbers here who don't really know how the UFC works so I was explaining to them sort of what does this mean for Dan as his title run over I'm like no man he, he wins his next fight which will likely be against a lower ranked fighter like a like a Fowler again or a Charles Oliveira he wins that fight then he's back to fighting to fight for a title if you know what I mean like he's not that far away it's two wins rather than one win yeah, now for yeah. Dan I mean there's so many great matchups there for him I mean, initially I, I immediately thought about Charles Oliveira that seems to be floating around a bit at the moment Oliveira's gone ahead and tried to call up Poirier um, but you know Ferguson I mean gosh yeah. I mean Ferguson, that makes sense both Hulk, coming off losses I mean yeah. that's that's a fantastic matchup man and we also have to you know obviously the the shadow looming over all of this is Conor McGregor the quote unquote retired Conor McGregor who's 100% not retired who is going to s- sneak in here somehow and, and take one of these big big money fights but t- exactly when and where that happens and at what stage whether we get the Gaethje and Khabib fight before that happens it's interesting footy like it's a really good point you make up because I can see Gaethje and their team wanting the Connor fight if they beat Khabib and that's mm. where you, you like Poirier's like come on man like I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm the guy who deserves this I've won eight of my last seven of my last eight fights like this is my and the last guy to beat Gaethje and I'm the last guy to beat yeah. Gaethje you're right and I think Gaethje is a horrible matchup for Conor McGregor I, I don't think he wins that fight oh, like I, I find yeah. that I find that that's a terrible fight for Conor McGregor and, and I'll, I'll, stylistically, I would back Poirier in a rematch against against Conor. Like that was obviously so, that was at that was at featherweight. And he's so much better forward. now. Oh man, he's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's one of the greats of all time. Dustin Poirier, he deserves a lot of credit and like Dan performing as well as he did against him. I mean, that was incredible. Man, those calf kicks in the first couple of rounds, like the game plan from City Kickboxing was beautiful. Eugene, just but, like just went away from perfect. it. Dan got stuck in that, and midway through the second, Dan was like, oh, "I'm just gonna bang." Yeah, and like you, and he went away from that game plan that he was did. working like a treat and he wasn't taking a lot of punishment in the first round and a half like he was avoiding I thought Poirier was struggling to find a way in he couldn't uh, he couldn't get the range yeah he? and, he was and using his distance Dan so well. was using his mm. jab and he was using the front kick and he was using the leg kick and man an- another round of leg kicks and Poirier's in trouble yeah yeah he almost had to start checking that didn't he but yeah as it, you know it all came down to that third round when you know when, when you lose that gas um, you know these game plans tend to go out the window and he did pretty well with his grappling to be fair to, to possibly steal that third round um, but you know just the way that he, he kind of his hands go completely and he's just relying on head movement 100% with that defence in the last two rounds and you know Poirier was able to close the distance in his last couple of rounds and he was connecting pretty flush on on a number of occasions which which Dan's would, face would tell you the story of but hey I mean Dustin didn't come, that, come out of that unscathed and funnily enough um, neither have really got lengthy medical suspensions. No, what, so we 60 said the days? UFC have got 60 days for each, you know, so two months, you know, 45 days, you can't train. Dan's but. face needs about three months. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you know, nice little uh, 
performance bonus as well for Dan. I think that's his fifth of his career. So, you know, look, cheeky little 50k US just to, to ease the pain somewhat of the loss. But, uh, I mean, yeah, he, he did his stocks no harm, man. It was it was Agreed. a fight of the year contender. I'd, I've still got Ioana versus uh, Weili. Because there was a crowd. Now, I wonder... Ooh, okay. That's like, a good point. Like, let's reverse the situations here and say Weili and JJ was fought with no crowd mm. and Dan and Poye was fought with a crowd. I think we might be changing our opinion here because I I think the crowd would have gone... And, and they were almost mirror images, those two fights, where the there was the right? one fighter yeah. with the power versus the one fighter with the precision. Dan was the precision fighter who kind of lacks that one-punch knockout power. He does have power in his elbows and his knees. Um, that was kind of the, the Joanna Jinjaytek and Weili was the powerful fighter that was mm. Poye. Those fights kind of mirrored each other. I went back and watched JJ and Whaley, and it's a phenomenal fight. And I, I, I agree with you. I think it is the, the best fight of the year so far. Um, but I definitely think Dan and, and Poye is in the conversation. Certainly the best male fight this year. Um, and as I said at the top of the show, footy, a lot of people like Ferguson Gaethje was better, but that fight wasn't competitive. So yeah. so for me, it comes down to a competitive fight. And man, Aru Hawani called this fight beautifully. The day of the fight, he tweeted out, um, and I think he might, it might, maybe he was even speaking to Chow Sonnen where he said, I'm not making a prediction, but what, what I can tell you is this will go five rounds, and at the end of this fight, we'll be talking about it as the best fight of the year. Wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We didn't get a chance to do a pre fight podcast, unfortunately. You were really holidaying with the Mrs. of Queenstown. So how did that go as well? It's fun. Anyway, good times. Yeah. Highlight, yeah. highlight of Queenstown? Um, just, just being away from the kids, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just being free. You know? <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 It's just, just, getting just out spending about. time like and, and going on dates, you know? Like we don't get to do that, man. Just rekindling the flame. Yeah. The pretty much. It was good stuff. The romance. Did yeah. you bring your A game? Uh, mate, always. Always. <laughs> the A game's not what it was when I was eighteen, by the way. But well, anyway. you know, not necessarily that A game. I'm talking I, I, about I, I, your, your general like well, romance game. Yeah, like uh she was yeah, it was she was probably doing more <laughs> of the romancing to be fair. Like, I'm pretty lazy when it comes to that sort of stuff. She's the planner, I'm the follower. You know, we've got a good, you know, a good good vibe going with that. So Okay. Yeah. yeah, so what we're saying, oh yeah, pre match. Yeah, I kinda thought that Poirier, you know, I thought he would have the edge, but I thought it would come down to more of a him taking advantage of his high pressure boxing game, which you know, didn't materialise in the first few rounds, but that kind of kind of how how it came through at the end there. But I, I did kind of think that to to win that fight, Dan would need to finish it. Yeah, and um he almost bloody well did did, man man. just uh and these are the small things in mixed martial arts in particular we've seen it before like um you know in the past with Vitor Belfort was like a a little stretch away from from taking John Jones's arm home with them in a fight and with you know Shane Carwin was a punch or two away from being the heavyweight and how the narrative of Shane Carwin's career would change if if Josh Rosenthal had stopped that fight we've seen we've seen that in the past you know I mean Dominic Cruz obviously complaining about that stoppage against Henry Cejudo there's just little things in fights and and Dustin being hurt with 10 seconds to go you know mm. cost Dan Hooker a shot at the UFC lightweight title cruel man it is a game of inches isn't it and you know they're, they're, to be fair perhaps there was where Dustin Mader might have known that there was only 10, 5 to 10 seconds where he had to sort of withstand that barrage he, he was that, out bro and that I, I don't Dan be, would kind of you I don't know, giving him a that. chance to guess him out a little bit maybe he, he was in deep trouble man no, I think you're probably like, right when he's saying at the end of the round that he kind of came to and saw Herb waving his arms <laughs> yeah. and he thought for half a second that <laughs> the fight was over mm. like you know and then, he, and then he said and then the next thing I heard was back to your corner Dustin and he was like oh sweet yeah, yeah you're right no yeah. you shouldn't you should never buy that sort of narrative to you I don't know yeah. what I was thinking there but, but I, I've just you know, I, I I guess the, the cool thing about this fight is I, I guess I've admired Dustin Poirier but now I've become a fan of Dustin Poirier right and that's that, and you know we're both 
massive fans of this sport and that's what i love it's when you you sit down and, and i've especially found this during during the covid fights that i've actually been craving for live sports so much i've watched the fight card from start to finish and mm. i've been introduced to these fighters that I've, i 100%. probably would never have seen 100%. before and now i'm going to start following these guys career and um it, it's it's really cool like Mackenzie dern like i want to i can't wait to watch her fight because of how awesome she was in her last fight you know like and 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 um i know he lost but alonzo menafield as well like he's he's a beast man that dude's going to knock some people out um and, and i can't wait to see dustin poyer fight again because he's never really done it for me but after watching that fight and knowing what he went through to get to a title fight by beating Eddie Alvarez beating Justin Gaethje um, you know like almost stopping Khabib with a guillotine in the this second or third round of that insane. fight like the dude is legit and you know maybe maybe that's what we need to see we need to see someone fight Khabib for a second time to see if they figured out the figured out the puzzle and yeah. if anyone deserves that it's certainly not Conor McGregor it's definitely Dustin Poirier well I mean how can he dislike Dustin Poirier I mean he's out there building wells in Africa and like feeding like kids lunches who, who who don't have the means to buy their own lunches all that sort of thing yeah, won the old Forrest Griffin award they mentioned that during the broadcast for his um, services to the community and you know you can just see you know, even after the fight just the way he sort of bonded with, with Dan and, and told him how legit it was how to keep trucking thought it was a little bit premature given that the decision hadn't been read out yet it's yeah. like hey mate don't count your chickens just yet um, but how about Dan as well in the, um, are we going to a sixth round or something he said yeah. like, to, to Dustin just an absolute animal savage what did you make of the 4946. Yeah, that was what, surprising. What, what was the 10-8 round on on that judge? Was it the fourth round? Because that's the round I felt Poirier dominated. It would have to have been, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't. And I did look at Twitter after the fight, and everyone was like, 49-46, Are you kidding? What, like, what forty nine, what ten eight round did you see in that? So, yeah, that that was interesting to me. I had it 49-48 uh, to Poirier. I had him winning three, four, and five, and and Dan winning one, two, yeah. and three. You, if you're really biased, there's an argument that Dan could have won the third round, but there was just too much top control for Poirier in that round. Even though Dan kind of finished that round well, um, so I definitely don't think we're talking about a controversial decision here yeah. the right guy won um and, and look who's to say that these guys won't do war won't go to war again down the line yeah i definitely had it even going into that final round and and dustin used all his experience and savvy there you know got the nice little side control position finish around you know with with dan sort of crumpled in a heap with side control yeah. taking shots I mean, it was a perfect picture there for the for the judges wasn't but dan it? was still throwing punches from his <laughs> knees <man. laughs> he was. I, and, and he look was. We, we will endeavor and hope you know obviously want to give dan time to rest and heal up and he's got a quarantine with the Farnow for the next couple of weeks but we will certainly endeavor to try and get him on the show next week and just see how he's doing and um and, and see what his plans yeah. are plans are I'd moving love to forward hear his thoughts on that that end of that second round eh? just how you know yeah and i'm I'm sure he's watched the fight back as painful as that would be hey um a couple of things um on on the undercard um Gian Valente looking Roy Nelson-esque with um with his with his new weight jump to, to heavyweight the inflated Gian Valente all I could think of was like him at the um Sierra Longo gym with like Ray Longo and Matt Sierra giving him grief and I'm um, like talking smack about his weight gain yeah which is, which is quite hilarious to me but man he because he's right. normal he's normally in like he's got he's normally got like surfboard at like he's yeah, looking he's looking good ripped. I yeah like, what the and he, he certainly he enjoyed kids or something he's else? certainly <laughs> enjoyed the jump to heavyweight um look he wasn't fighting a a, a highly ranked fighter in maurice green who, who's a guy who's just moved to greg jackson campus certainly that's the best that he's looked um but you know it was it was what it was he, hey, he dropped him yeah he well, did. with that shot and yeah. with the most bizarre submission that just came out of nowhere that was or, just what even was that, that was exhaustion dude yeah. like i think volante uh, like 
gas tank was well and truly emptied at that point and it was like it wasn't even a can opener like someone on social media was like oh it was like <laughs> you can't get a can opener from from half guard it was a it was a half guard sort of top ezekiel choke or something yeah, but modified ezekiel something, yeah something, I saw yeah but it was say. basically just like a little it was like a headlock like it was just it was a bit uh, old school wasn't yeah, it yeah it had a bit of a playground like an ups like it. a from the bottom ch- arm triangle almost without having the arm and i don't know like <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe we'll just call it the morris green choke or something yeah yeah well, hey yeah yeah why not why not and in and in the co um the man with his missus in the corner mike mm. perry uh, someone checked his missus id that's all I'm yeah because she does look very young he's um i mean he he has he does like having his um his uh, better half in the corner in the past his ex-wife well, i think i think they're now divorced um was part of his was corner his team yeah his, it was his wife uh, yeah. um she was part of his corner team they have since uh, broken up um that's a good move from her because he's a crazy dude um <laughs> but yeah his um his new uh, what do you call it like chocolate cookie was in was in oh, the, right, was in yeah. the corner and Latori Gonzalez yeah and um look one, man one and oh in the octagon yeah yeah she's one and oh as a as a head coach he looked pretty good I mean Mickey Mickey Gould uh, I mean looks great against CM Punk but you know <laughs> yeah. like uh, I mean I remember watching Diego Sanchez just run right through um, Mickey mm-hmm. Gould not that long ago um yeah there's there's not much that guy offers apart from a pretty tight top game if he gets on top but his takedowns aren't much chop He's, I don't think striking looked a bit improved yeah Slightly did improved, I just don't think if I'm Mike Perry I'm hanging much off that win man it doesn't do much for his career like if anything it it, it goes to show that Mickey Gore is probably better than a lot of people thought well, he was it was still probably Mike Perry's best performance but ever. but but against yes he was measured he mm. didn't blow his wad in the first round trying to knock his head off he, he was still he, he grappled was, Mickey Gore he did he would have picked that he was still winging punches um but mm. he needs he needs to fight a better guy next um I know he's got Darren Till on on his mind Till's got much bigger fish to fry for me than he's freaking exciting though Mike Perry he is he? I do he, like he him swing. he's this constant pressure but he's, he's pretty dumb when it comes to fight IQ like falling yeah. into Donald Cerrone's guard not the smartest move. Well, that's what I'm saying. Make. You know, he he did look a little bit more clinical. You know, he he was playing the long game in this one. Um, and yeah, the the takedowns got on top. Got a mm. bit of you know, got full mount at one stage. Just threw one elbow from like from the heavens right at the mm. end of one of those rounds against Gaul. But you know, he's fun. He'll be there and thereabouts. So and he's really looking for he's looking for a camp. I really enjoyed his post fight interview. His, too. his post fight interview was excellent, and <laughs> you know, like the, his, I like his like little plea to the uh, to the government to to hook him up with some more taxes. Yeah, and um, also post, take it easy on the taxes, rather. Also, like calling out and, and like fighters do cop a lot of this. Like you talk about online bullying, like just you go through some of the comments, and and you know, like I know that that Dan Hooker now looks at Twitter as a bit of a joke because he knows that when he posts something, people are going to bag him out for having the surname of a prostitute, and you know. Like, like, um, oh, yeah, you know, or you post know. like an Ed Zimbabwe gif or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but but yeah, like uh, Mike Mike Perry certainly the uh, the recipient of of a lot of online bullying in the past in terms of certain life decisions that he's made. But um, good good on him for calling out the social media haters uh, and also like announcing that he is keen to he, he's not looking to to train by himself uh, long term and have her in the corner. He is mm. looking at, at getting into a camp at some point and and um, developing his skills. Yeah. Go the Platinum. Go the Platinum, Mike Perry. Hey, I did get a notification on my phone last night that one championship is announced that's returned. Did you... Yeah, you, yeah, uh, one Can you sort of a st- um, elaborate on, on what that might yes, be? Yes, yeah. So they've got the Bangkok card at the end of July. Now, um, having a chat to some of my people there, they're saying that it's going to be completely TIE fighters, so no one's going to come in for anywhere else. No no um, hassles with quarantining, border stuff, any is of this, that sort of Is this kickboxing or MMA? That's what... It, yeah, I think it's going to be a mostly a Muay Thai-dominated fight. Right. They, uh, you know, all their best 
this Muay Thai guys are in Thailand anyway, for obvious, you know, obviously. Yeah. Um, so there's, there should, should still be able to put together a nice little card, but it will be behind closed doors. They've announced the schedule for the rest of the year, um, but I'm also hearing that's definitely not locked in stone. Right. Um, they, they, it looks like they'll be behind closed doors as well. Um, but yeah, they've announced their big sort of showpiece event in Japan um, in October, which Vitor Balfour um, was sort of mooted for. Get he's, out of he's town. Supposed, supposed to be fighting um, Alan Ngalani. They call him the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Absolutely jacked dude um, from Hong Kong, um, who's fights out of Hong Kong. Um, so yeah, yeah, it'd be good, good, good to get another promotion back on Agreed. deck. And also, we've got Brave FC, um, Bahrain, Middle Eastern based promotion, which is looking to get back on board. They haven't announced, they haven't confirmed any cards yet, um, but it looks like um, John Bruin, New Zealand Zone, um, now fighting out of City Kickboxing, he'll be featured on the August card. Yeah. Um, so they're looking to get that deal done. He was supposed to be fighting Sam Patterson um, until obviously coronavirus shut down the planet. Um, over over in Bahrain, um, British guy. So it looks like they'll just be rekindling that match up in Bahrain. Mm. Originally, it was scheduled for Bucharest, I believe, in Bahrain. Uh, hopefully next month. So we should have some more on that um, in the next couple of weeks. All right. Um, just another note from me. Um, hopefully next week we'll have WWE star Dakota Kai on the show. Uh, hopefully catching up with her tomorrow. So we'll run that back next week. Um, and there was a massive story in the pro wrestling world that has developed over the course of the last um, two weeks, which has been similar, I guess, to the Me Too movement that happened oh, a few Travis years ago. Banks. Yep. Ugh. So it was the speaking out movement. And um, Travis Banks has been released. He is, a, of course, um, a New Zealander. He's been released from his uh, WWE contract. He was he was with NXT UK. Um, he was sort of caught up in this whole uh, speaking out movement, which has basically uncovered a pretty horrid um, sort of culture within the um, what they call the independent scene, which is like outside of your WWEs and your um, you know your AEWs and what have you. I mean, I'm sure look some of it has gone on there as well, where women have been basically um, you know like treated like trash um you know where, where guys have have um abused sexually abused woman um for a long period of time al Leguero, who's an nxt wrestler he's been released from his contract jack gallagher was released from his contract um travis banks was with um uh, a young lady whose name escapes me who was his trainee she was only 17 at the time they got into a sexual relationship um and um there was some text messages uh released by this woman um which basically painted travis in a pretty bad light where he was um i wouldn't say stalking but there was a little bit of harassment going on and mm. wwe's got a no nonsense policy on this um so travis was unfortunately uh, released he did release a statement saying that he was um he apologized for any hurt that he had caused um his former girlfriend and did admit to um getting into a relationship that he probably shouldn't have pursued um but what's next for him um we, we will see um i will try and catch up with him at some point and see how he's doing um, and, and what his what his future plans are but he is no longer tied to wwe also uh, matt riddle who's just made his um main roster debut former UFC fighter of course um, he too has been caught up in the, in the speaking oh, out movement oh, really? um, but he is suing his um, and it was a case that was already in progress before the movement came out he's suing his accuser for defamation so there's a lot of legal stuff there so he still currently has his contract and there is some talk that um, basically his the the accuser is a stalker so yeah. um we'll see how that and, and this well, is this is the issue that a lot of you know I've, I've been speaking um i won't name who it is but i've been speaking to an independent wrestler um who um has he's witnessed a lot of this stuff but he also says that he's extremely worried that um hooking up with a girl in a nightclub um sleeping with her and then never talking to her again is going to be brought up as like a like a, a case of sexual harassment or where he's um, you know, um, degraded a woman, and he said, "But that's like it's mutual." And he's just worried that um, some of these sort of cases could come out where he's looked at a woman 
in the wrong way and maybe you know he's he's you know said the wrong thing or something and meant no harm by it so there is some talk around that around whether or not um some of these guys have been vilified and and also talk that you know what if what if one of them is is innocent goes away and kills himself or something like that so um there's there's that there's that whole trial trial by social media um you know like which we've seen in other platforms be it politics or entertainment and and what have you um which which is very dangerous um you know like and, and we've talked about in the past about you know um with this covid st- <clears throat> excuse me with this covid stuff about you know just be nice to people and um obviously sexual harassment is, is not on in any form i completely um i would completely vilify anyone that has uh done stuff in that in the past but yeah i just um it's a dangerous road they're going down where as as um, my source sort of said um you know a bit worried that mistakes that he's made or not not so much mistakes but one night stands or something like that could come back to haunt him where you know it was mutual so yeah yeah it's a dangerous territory isn't it i mean what what's next for travis banks i mean where, where do we go is it the, is the aew or something well potentially want? but then aew is also trying to distance themselves from from people that have been uh, involved in this and impact wrestling as well have let go of uh joseph ryan who has been the main cause of this whole thing sounds like a despicable human being just quietly um and um they've also let go of tessa blanchard who's a female who was accused of bullying in the locker room and uh, another wrestler as well has been released from his contract uh, michael algan who was also caught up in this in this um and as i said wwe have uh, let go of three um at the moment it could be more because there's been a few other wwe contracted guys that have been tied up in all this uh trent seven um and, and uh, another one that escapes from mine and matt riddle of course so um yeah for travis banks um he's 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 been inactive because um you know uk's in, in pretty much lockdown and um there hasn't been any events in the uk since the start of covid so uh he's pretty much inactive he does have a lot of contacts within the india and the um scene i'm sure he'll be back in action at some point um and it wasn't a case where he's been accused of rape or um you know like um forcing a woman to have sex with him against her her will or anything like that it was basically just the fact that the text messages showed a little bit of harassment there so um which he apologized for um so there's still I think there's still a future in pro wrestling for Travis Banks mm. um, you know like uh, I certainly wouldn't label him a disgusting human from the stuff that I've read whereas a couple of the other stories that have come out have been disgusting um, so um, I'm sure there's there's a future there for Travis but um, I can't see WWE going uh, going back to the Travis Banks uh, Travis Banks um, sort of yeah. uh, uh, ball game again fair enough yeah you might just have to lay low for a few years and He's talented, man. Super, super talented, and it's just just a shame for for him and that he's been abroad on this. But you know, he made the mistake. He's the person that did it. He's got it. Mm. that. That's on him. It's not on anybody else. And you know, as long as he owns up to that and and he's changed who he is and and how he like deals with women, then then he'll 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 advance out of that at the end. But you know, it's uh, it's certainly been a massive story. Um, and I was actually thinking about getting old mate Hazar on the uh, on the blower at some point once this sort of dies down. Um, to to have a chat to him about what it's what the reactions. Because most of this has come out of the UK independent right. scene, so is, is he well known in the UK, like in the Travis? Circles? Absolutely, really? yeah. He's mm. he's um he he was with a number of um UK um organisations, so yeah. He's that's sort of where he made his name right, in, right. in Europe. So yeah, yeah. There, there'll be plenty of avenues for him to get back in, into the game. I just don't think WWE's in his future anymore, which is a real shame because that's what his ultimate goal was from from the time he was a young fella. And to see a, a Kiwi, we've got Dakota Kai, of course, who's doing great things in WWE herself. Um, she's 
she's awesome um but it's 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 tough for a new zealand pro wrestler to get picked up by these big organizations you know so uh yeah um but as i said he's only got himself to blame absolutely well said brad indeed indeed all right that's some um, that's us done and dust unless you've got anything else you want to you want to add no there's nothing really much to i mean obviously we've got an absolute blockbuster coming up in a fortnight's time we do so which we, we can, will preview next week we that should card, have some fighters for that us that card is sick Oh, it's ridiculous it's potentially Paige Van Zandt's last UFC fight too before she goes off to conquer Instagram yeah I can't wait to see what the Fight Island setup looks like yeah so did you see the photo that was released on <laughs> yeah. Twitter were they, building, well, they were building a, it on the sand yeah, well, is yeah, that for a promo I, or is I, that I think that's a training um, right like, I think that's part of the training facility okay um, right. from what I could gather but and it did look nice are there fans allowed at this like no, it's, no it's, it's no, still, no, still yeah. I just wasn't sure if um, if if uh, if that area of the world had been as smashed by COVID as, as other yeah, areas. Yeah, pretty much has. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, like, a little bit stricter with the legislation. I'm indeed. sorry, lack, more lax, rather. Yeah, indeed. But, man, yeah, just see what that setup's going to be like, and, yeah, I mean, way to kick it off with that sort of card. So we'll preview and, that. Uh, we've also got the old Whitaker Till coming up as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll have a few fighters for you over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, UFC. Talking about the respective fight. We might have another fight of the year contender by the, uh, by the, by the time the month's out. Yeah, Volkan- yeah there's, there's so many good fights. Volkanovski mm. defending his title on that card, Jose Aldo and Peter Yan. Um, uh, it's just an absolutely stacked card. Can't wait for it. Um, and Gilbert Burns, who the last person he lost to was who? Footy? Oh, yes. Dan uh, yeah, Hooker yeah, was the last Mr. person Hooker. to beat Gilbert the Burns. Hangout. That shows you how good that man is, is if we haven't discussed that enough. Um, so as I said, next week on the show, we will have Dakota Kai, hopefully. Um, and we are chasing Dan Hooker as well. So um, no promises there, but we'll definitely try and get the hangman on the show. G- give him some time to have a rest there. Definitely, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely, um, and uh, yeah, we'll preview that epic card, UFC 251, um, the first uh, Fight Island card. Um, it's going to be epic. Three title fights and um, a main card that includes Jessica Andrade and Rose Numan Yunus. Damn, that's going to be awesome. Um, but, but until then, we'll see you next time. Kakita. Okay,